0: This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, Season 6, Episode 15. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network. Brought to you by Mountain Man Medical. And today is Thursday, June 9th, 2022. I am your host, Riley Bowman, and joined today by co-host and producer, Matthew Marister.
1: Hello, hello. What's up, man? Glad to have you on, my my, my brother. Yeah, glad to be here. My brother. A <laughs> little little day late and a little early, but uh, it, I, it's going to be a fun show. Um, I yeah. always like doing the, uh, the shooter-ready challenges with you, so...
0: Yeah, that, and that's what we're here to talk about today.
1: Uh, so t- title of this episode
0: is uh, uh, Refining Your Index. So we're going to describe what that is and uh, how you can work on that and how that's relevant to your shooting performance. And yes, it was featured as part of the Shooter Ready Challenge video series. That you can find it at ShooterReadyChallenge.com. Today's episode sponsored and brought to you by sponsors of also the Shooter Ready Challenge, which are LaserApp, or L-A-S-R-A-P-P dot com. That's their website. LaserApp I've been using for a long time now. It's hard for me to even you know remember. It's been years and years that I've used this software uh, in dry fire practice, especially for the purpose of measuring time. Okay, so measuring your times in dry fire practice sometimes is one of the harder things to do. Uh, yes, there are some shot timers out there that are, in theory, sensitive enough to pick up things like the click of a hammer or a striker releasing and, you know, things like that. Um, in my experience, those haven't always been super reliable or 100% reliable. And they're also kind of expensive, some of those shot timers. Um and even then, they're still limited in terms of what you can and cannot do. Laser App is powerful software that as long as you have a device that emits a laser beam of light onto a target, you make whatever you... that And I love that, by the way, because there's some other software programs out there. You've probably seen them, Matthew. They're advertised all over the place now, too, where you kind of have to use their target... You know it's like it's a specific target and it's always just a bullseye target and like you put your phone up there and (laughs) it's got to be a certain distance away you know and it's just very very limiting and and there's not a whole lot you can do with that with laser app you can create whatever targets and as many of them as you want so you can have multiple things it could be anything it could be a light switch for all i care uh you could be a you know, but I, I usually print out our little targets that you can uh, print off of from uh, uh, concealedcarry.com forward slash print targets and uh, just print like the USPSA targets or whatever and put those up on the wall. And then within the laser app software, I just draw what my hit zones are mm-hmm. and bam, up and running. And I can do that with my cell phone, I can do it with my iPad, I can do it with my Android devices, I can do it with my laptop with a webcam. I can use anything I want to do with the laser X version of their, of their application. And it's awesome. So, and there's all kinds of other features that are with built within that and, and also add ons that you can uh, uh, get as well, little plugins, they they call them to that software to, to get greater uh, levels of capability, including having multiple cameras working in tandem in different parts of, you know, whether a room or within your house, which is kind of cool if you really think about it. There's there's lots of the the possibilities are endless with Laser App, uh, especially the Laser X version. So check out LaserApp.com. We appreciate them being sponsors of Shoe Ray Challenge and of this podcast. Also, Barrel Block sponsor today. Barrel Block with a K. That's B A R R E L B L O K. Uh, go to BarrelBlock.com. Check out check out the lineup of products there. Uh, We are big believers of safe dry fire practice. We're also big believers of dry fire in general. Do it safely. Do it safely with a barrel block. Those times you're not using, say, a laser cartridge insert insert, like the uh, Ready Up Gear Laser Dot Trainer. Uh, If you're not using a, a cert pistol or, you know, those kinds of things, then put a barrel block in your gun, all right, because... You know it's safe. You can visually verify that. You can point it maybe in directions that you might otherwise be uncomfortable with. Like maybe you live on the on the second floor of a three story apartment building, and you don't really have any so called true safe directions. Put a barrel block in your gun, and now just about anywhere can be a, a safe direction. And I mean that. Mm-hmm. All right, we are, we still want to use you know reasonable uh, common sense and, and caution, but but barrel block makes dry fire practice safe. So, uh, you know, it doesn't replace safe practices, but it's a, it's a fantastic product that doesn't cost a whole lot. So you can buy, uh, you know, as many as you need for as many different calibers as you need, uh, available in pretty much all the common, uh, semi-automatic pistol calibers, as well as, uh, 56 to um, And also a weird one, 4.6 by 30 millimeter. (laughs) If you happen to have one of those, go to BarrelBlock.com, BarrelBlock with a K.com. And again, thanks to them for their sponsorship. Uh, Happens to be one of our companies now, so (laughs) pretty easy to sponsor, isn't it? (laughs) All righty. Let's talk about refining your index. Refining your index. What what is that? What is index? Uh, so I, I like to throw it your way, Matthew, when we do stuff like this, because I, I want to hear your take. Um, you bring a different perspective a lot of times than I do, and obviously I'm the guy that filmed Shooter Ready Challenge that uh, we're we're referencing for you know the inspiration of this episode here today. Uh, and again, just to remind folks, like you can go to shooterreadychallenge.com. Uh, You can see the most recent uh, uh, refining your index video there. Uh, And you can uh, also see all the past, you know, ones we've done. So it's a great uh, repository of dry fire inspiration and dry fire drills and things you can do. But what is index? What's what's your take on that or or whatever perspective you want to share with us with respect to this latest uh, refining your index video?
1: Yeah, well, um, I think there there's a couple different layers of like what you were talking about as far as the index. It's it started, you know, you started with um, basically talking about. Uh, well, I guess an in index. We want we want to do something. If if we're going to do something cons- uh, quickly and efficiently and repeatedly, um, the same, we have to do it consistently. And one of the things, one of the ways we do something consistently is. By doing, you know, uh, if, if it involves multiple movements or multiple, you know, let's say we'll start with the draw, like wh- where you started with in the video, is indexing s- specific points on on the gun um, when you go, you know, when you establish your grip. And, and you could even, I guess, go before that, back it up a little bit and um, indexing certain points of your shirt, your clothing or your jacket, whatever you might be wearing, mm-hmm. um, where you, that's where the draw begins. and. And you want to um, grab your shirt the same way, the same location as, as, you know, as close as possible. So, you're not flubbing it and and doing those types of things. So, I guess, you know, to start off just as refining your index, what does that even have to do with anything it has to do with shooting is um, trying to to get these, I guess, like marker points where you could do something repeatedly that allows you to kind of um, start building... Um, you know, the, a, a consistent way of doing something and um, make something complex a little bit more, I guess, um, uh, more automated or, or more refined. Um, mm. If that makes sense. Mm. Okay. Yeah, no, you're right. There's uh, a <clears throat> different
0: types of indexes or indices, I guess at that point, right? I guess we got to get all plural, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> uh there there's and there's different types of index uh, or indices. If we say indexes, I hope nobody, you know, gets too bothered by that cuz I'm sure it's going to come out and it's frankly just sounds easier to say. Um so Let's identify. That there's there's really a couple different types here that we're really talking about. Uh, what a lot of what you just mentioned are what I'd refer to as a as a physical index,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or physical index points, uh, which you know as you mentioned are, you know, like having a an index point on your gun as you draw. And I defined this in the in the video too, which happens to be one of the longer shoot rate challenges I've done. In fact, it's one of those things I got done, and I saw the length of it, and I was like, ooh. Like forty minutes long. Well, apparently, I had a lot to say on the on the subject. <laughs> um, but there were some important, um, you know, things within that that uh, I think were important to define. And 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 the overall index that I'm referring to as this training video is not necessarily the physical index or index points, but something that's defined as index relative to how you align to a target and how you end up essentially aiming at that target to to an extent. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it's one of the things, it's a concept that's defined. And I don't know that it was the first time defined there, but I think it's the most, uh, I don't know. It's the place that I'm familiar with and it stands out in my mind and I think was well-defined in uh, Brian Enos's book, Practical Shooting. Uh, So if you you can go read, there's there's a pretty good section in his book where he he talks about this and that that's kind of, that's the perspective that I'm coming at this with in that if I have a single target that I'm going to address or shoot, um, essentially my index becomes my natural point of aim it's kind of the same thing to it to an extent um, although I think people say natural point of aim a lot of times and and sometimes mean different things uh, and I also think that some people say index and maybe don't always mean the exact same thing or define it a little bit differently than maybe some other some other people so our point here today is is going to be to try to, you know, flesh that out a little bit, what that is, and then of course how we work on refining it. Um, But the the point that I make in the video is that to really work on our, our pointing index relative to target, we have to start with, and we might refer to that almost as a I think I referred to it as a visual index, and but and the reason why is because it's like that's where my eye is looking, okay. So there's there's my target. I'm focused on it visually, right? And now I want to get everything to that point, right? I want to get my body aligned with that. I want my hands going with that. I want the gun going, you know, to that. Um it, but that all starts with a physical index, meaning physical index points on the gun, especially because, you know, here I have just a, just a bare, um, P320. Well, it does have a, uh, uh, FCU in it, but, uh, you know, a firearm control unit. Um, but, uh, just use as an example, right? If I, for those of you that are able to see this, but if I, rotate my my grip around the gun slightly okay watch this see how all of a sudden it starts angling differently just because my hand gets on the grip a little bit differently and so if i'm always gripping the gun a little bit different and this would be true too of you know if i if i'm if i don't get quite as high up on the grip as i should and various things right all, all of these inconsistencies in how i grip the gun are going to result at least initially, when the gun goes out to target, it's going to be pointing not quite in the same direction as maybe it was a moment ago. It's going to be inconsistent. So if I want to achieve a proper indexing alignment on target, it has to start with a proper physical index with my hand to the gun. And with that, we can drill it down further into specific index points on a gun, so that we know that uh, we we are actually gripping, it you know, that and that we're achieving our grip consistently each time. So when I'm talking about this, Matthew, I talk about how usually the first thing that hits the gun for me is my web of hand into the the back strap and up into the beaver tail of the gun. Okay, whatever beaver tail that that it may have. In this case, it's 320. So it has, and it's the X frame. So it has has a big beaver tail, um, but that I'm going to feel that. Okay. And then my middle finger is going to make contact below the trigger guard. And I feel that and how that wraps around. Um, oh, and then also I don't have my slide here because uh, I'm just using this bare, you know, grip module basically, but my thumb also is a contact point or index point on the slide. Okay. You can watch the video for more detail about how I define that. So those are three index points on the gun with my primary hand, my firing hand that based on how my web of hand, thumb and middle finger contact the ver- those various points on the gun. I instantly know whether I am achieving the proper grip or not. Okay. Because if one of those three things or all of them, And usually when one of them is not quite right, the rest of them are also not quite in the right position too. Um, So they kind of all work together and and are their own feedback loop. But if I feel something not quite right, then I I have two choices to make. One is fix it right then and there before I get out of the holster. Or, well, I guess you could try to fix it on the way. Although that's, you know, not efficient either and sometimes can be, you know, potentially dangerous. Like if you're adjusting your grip while you're also, you know, traversing the gun through the air. Um, And the other alternative is just deal with it and suck it up and have a less than ideal grip that isn't going to point consistently for you at the target. And so, you know, neither one of those is ideal because obviously we want to hit the grip right from the get go. But typically, in my experience, it makes a big difference to take an extra tenth of a second. And that's probably about all it takes a lot of times. Maybe, it, maybe two tenths at the most to make that quick adjustment and then finish the draw. But if we can grip the gun consistently, then where we're looking on target and where we're aligning with the target relative to where my gun is, goes to and points, then we can start actually like programming that into the synapses of the brain, right? To create that, you know, quote unquote muscle memory. So, sorry, I'll hand it off to you now, but that's kind of I, and I can go way off into the weeds on this stuff. So you might have to rein me in the cave.
1: <laughs> well, you know, you mentioned like we started with the physical index because that kind of begins our draw and, and, and all that stuff. But ultimately, what we're trying to do is also have what you, you know, just explain in the in the video is, is like a, the visual index or or where the gun it bring it, it, if I can explain it this way, uh, I, I, if you've played, if you play darts, if you've thrown a ball or anything like that, right? Like um, you're looking at where you want the object that you're going to throw to go, right? Like, so you wouldn't, um, you wouldn't start looking at the ground if you're going to throw a ball and then look up real quick and try to orient where you're, where you're going to throw the ball and throw it. You, you, you'll have much more accuracy if you're looking where you're going to throw and and you throw the ball to where you're looking. So the idea is almost like I want to look at where I'm going to shoot because in reality, if we tie this into a, a defensive gun use, right, like something's going to – you're going to notice the, the threat. You look, you identify it. You say, yes, I need to shoot this thing. You're looking at it, right? So um, our eyes are on the threat. And then we're, what we want to be able to do is bring the gun up to where our eyes are into a consistent point where, um, the gun, we can, we can, uh, bring the gun up into our field of view where we're looking. The sights are aligned with relatively to where we're looking. We may make minor adjustments or confirm, you know, our sights on the target, but the way we present the gun is consistent. Um, to where we're looking so that we're not having to do multiple things at once and we'll be, m- we'll be quicker to acquire our sites to be able to confirm that yes, we have the right site picture and be able to squeeze the trigger, fire that round. We'll be more consistent and all that. If, um, if we have an understanding of what our natural point of aim is and how we naturally point the gun and, and where our eyes are looking, I guess. It, I, I don't know. I don't explain it as well as you do in the video. Um, but, um, the, the, the analogy of throwing darts, cause I grew up throwing darts, is it, you know, um, uh, w- w- makes, it makes, m- makes it understandable to me. Um, just because, you know, you're looking at where you want this thing to go and you're, you, you know, so you're kind of aligning uh, what you're doing to where you're looking. So I kind of use that with with shooting in, in a way that help, helps make sense to me, at least.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So again, like the whole goal here is uh, to uh, is, well, we want to get the gun on target in an efficient manner as possible we want to get it there consistently and we want to bring the physical side of shooting the physical alignment of everything we're doing together with where we're actually looking that's like that's the whole goal um let's talk real quick about natural point of aim and we've addressed a little bit on the podcast uh, and again, I think there's probably some people out there that might disagree with how I define this, uh, but this is how I define it, and it's 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 quite simple. And so the way I define it is that it is the the specific plane. We'll call it a plane, okay? Because I don't think natural point of aim is quite as easy to define in a vertical sense, but horizontally, it's very easy to define. And by that, the reason why is because where my arms position, like my arms are essentially hinge points, right? And my shoulders can rotate up or down as necessary. Okay. Uh, Anything above my arms just hanging naturally at side is requiring some sort of muscular tension, right? To bring my arms up and hold them on, you know, at whatever height that I want my arms at. Um, And so that's why it's like, well, there's not really a natural point of aim to in the vertical sense, because it requires muscular tension to hold a gun up in front of my face, but horizontally. Okay. Relative to how I'm standing and where my hips are oriented, there is going to be a certain place that is kind of this median, if you will. It is this, 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 this plane where there is an absence of tension. Right, Where if I start rotating my gun and my arms and my hips slightly to the left, I'm going to start feeling some tension be developed. And if I go to the right, I'm going to feel some tension being developed. And so in the middle of that, there should be this relatively tension-free zone. And that is what I define as your natural point of aim. It's this this point where there is an absence of tension. Why is that relevant? Well, that means it, it's relevant because it means I'm not having to use any sort of muscular tension uh, or physical or structural tension. Because as I start rotating my body to the left, I start binding things up like my hips and my knees, and you can feel that tension get. You know, you feel that binding occur within the body. So wherever I have that absence of tension horizontally, that's going to be my natural point of aim. So my personal belief is if we can orient ourselves relative to a single target in accordance with where that natural point of aim is located, um, it requires less work and less effort to perform, to shoot within that natural point of aim zone. And that's a good thing, okay? Uh, I think that we can achieve higher levels of performance when we when we orient towards a target in in, in line with our natural point of aim. Um. So, index can like that can become a form of this, you know, like that 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 can essentially be used as our index relative to target. So, I'm going to look at my target. And I want to identify where that natural point of aim is and align that to my target so that now my eyes and my hips and my body orientation are all, they're they're in unison. They're working together. Okay. And then again, we got to have the, the grip piece of things, meaning that every time I grip the gun, that it's consistent. And now I can start wiring the brain, you know, with the information that starts coordinating my vision. With where the gun is and how it's pointed. And that's where we do a bunch of reps. We do the reps. We do the reps. We do the reps. And we want to make sure we're gripping the same way every time. Because that's an important piece where we're we're programming into the brain this relationship from target to eye to gun. And that's easiest to do if we align with the target in our natural point of aim, I feel. Now, um, here's what gets interesting. When you have multiple targets, you have a target to the left. Let's say you have a target to the right. Maybe you have a third target in the middle. Who knows? Um, Actually, let's just use two targets. You have one to the left. You have one to the right. Where possible, I want to set up my natural point of aim to be in the middle of those two targets. Okay. Because then I have equal amounts of tension to get to that left one and equal amounts to get to the right one. All right. We don't want to set ourselves up relevant rel- relative to a bunch of targets, where my index is biased to this one, and then I have to go you you know way outside of what might be referred to as my cone of fire to get to these other targets, because that's suddenly you know adding way more physical tension to that process and becomes more difficult and less precise, and so that's why it's important to understand like where this index is relative as far as where's my natural point of aim, essentially relevant to or relative to my targets. And I want to set myself up in a position that optimizes for where my, my targets are now. I know somebody out there, by the way, is going to be like, yeah, but the real world, Riley, like I, I don't get to just set myself up, you know, perfectly on a single target and here's my natural point of aim and all that stuff. Um, I, I hear you on that. Uh, mm-hmm. But here's what I think. I think when we work on shooting in the optimum fashion, that it carries over to other areas. And I believe, I wholeheartedly believe that because as I've worked on my own shooting, even in a static situation, Meaning one target, one position, no movement. You know where everything is just optimal. Um, the better I get at just running the gun, it helps me run the gun at a more subconscious level. And then when we introduce other variables, you, you just adjust to what those variables are. But you're st- at the end of the day, you're still just running a gun, right? You know, um, I. I can stand and deliver shots on target, on a static target really, really well. I can do it when I'm also having to be in a compromised position. Not as well, but better than I did when I was l- a less skilled shooter. You know, like, and there's certain things that you find out, you know, I mean, I'll tell you, Matthew, like, I remember the first time I was in a training situation and having to basically shoot off of one foot leaning around the corner of something. And like, that's not maybe very practical, but it's like, it's, you know, and this happens all the time in USPSA or practical shootings, uh, competitive sports where you're putting these really weird, awkward, uh, compromised positions that you would probably never do in the real world. But what's weird is like doing those things, Number one, if the better shooter you are, the easier those things are to do because like just carries over. And number two, the more you do those weird things, then it makes the more realistic things also easier. So it kind of goes sure. both ways, I think. It's so, like we work on static shooting, static shooting positions to just learn how to run the gun. And that helps us perform better pretty much everywhere else. And we also work on the really weird stuff, too, if, if we can, because then that pushes us beyond, you know, these like performance envelopes. And then every the, the more realistic, easier so called easier stuff gets even easier because, well, geez, if I can stand on one foot, leaning way out where I'm barely maintaining my balance and put six rounds on three targets and maintain control throughout all of that without following oh falling over. Well then imagine how much easier it is when I actually am standing on two feet and I'm balanced. Or imagine if I'm
1: actually, you know, moving. Like, yeah. so anyway,
0: I, I'm, I'm rambling.
1: No, no, no. I, I, I like, I like the, um, the analogy or the, the, uh, discussion you had setting up multiple targets and kind of, if you, it, and for me, when you were saying that, uh, I think of it this way, like what we're trying to do is there are so many variables that go into shooting a gun, right? Like, and if we can eliminate some of the the variables by, Doing them consistently where they're not a variable. What I mean is if we can, let's say, start with the gun in our hand consi- in a consistent manner, um, then we don't have to really worry as much about when we bring the gun up that it won't be relatively you know when we point when we point the gun it will be relatively where we're pointing in line with where we're pointing and it won't be twisted slightly to the right to the left where we have to make an adjustment so like um so if we can eliminate like those types of variables by doing something consistently by getting a a consistent grip of physical index um and we could we we can eliminate it by keeping certain angles consistent for example um our upper body right like Yes. Our, our, our feet position and our hip positions are definitely going to affect our natural point of aim of, of course. And we can't always, we can't always control that if we're moving or, or what the scenario is, but. We may be able to at least keep our upper body, you know, uh, the relationship of how, where we bring the gun up into our field of view rather than our head down, you know, to meet the gun Um, or the way we, you know, that the angles of our upper body, if those are consistent, we can at least eliminate half of the problem of moving from target to target because, those angles are consistent, so now we might have to go over and and twist our hips a little more than what we might want to, but that upper relationship of of the gun and where it presents when we point it uh we don't have to worry about that as much, so we're i i I kind of think we're making it easier to shoot by eliminating some of the variables if that makes sense, yeah, yes,
0: yeah, well, <coughs> excuse me, that's kind of um. That This is not something that's new to anything, um, you know, performance-wise. Like, like even in performance sports of any kind, uh, there are times and places where you isolate specific skills, or maybe, made, like, even in weightlifting, like, there are times you isolate specific muscles or muscle groups, right? And you work on those isolated muscles, and then there's times where you do more comprehensive, you know, weights or, or lifting or, or uh, more comprehensive workout because you now want more more muscles working together or groups of muscles working with other groups, you know, because it, it becomes part of the full package. Um, you know, when you're, uh, I don't know, playing You know, basketball or football or baseball. I mean, it's not all that different. There's times you work on, you know, just, I don't know, especially as you're developing. Like, first of all, you got to master how to pass the ball to somebody, you know, and how do you go about doing that? Right. How do you go about, you know, making a free throw? Right. Which is static position, one single target, nothing's moving, you know, and then, then there's times you work on, you know, now I got, I'm going to, dribble down the court and pull up short of the three of the uh, three-point line right and jump shot three-pointer you know or a layup like you, you see i'm getting like there's all these different things and like there's times we work on isolated things and there's times we put the whole package together and run a scrimmage, a game of scrimmage mm-hmm. right there's a time and place for everything um and uh you don't develop as quickly or as efficiently uh when you don't isolate specific things and remove variables like the way you get better at shooting a gun is by shooting a gun the way you get better at shooting while moving is practice shooting while moving you know the nice thing is is that still involves shooting a gun and so the shooting a gun part that you worked on already is still there to large degree now you're just adding the component of well, now i'm walking and doing it Right. Mm -hmm. And so, but if I tried to learn how to shoot a gun and I only, every time I fired a shot, I required myself to be on the move and I never worked on just like standing there and shooting. Like think about, think about how much harder it would be to actually learn how to shoot (laughs) because you're working (laughs) with so many different variables. And every time you take a step, you know, things maybe are a little bit different from step to step to step to step. And so anyway, um, we have to isolate skills to improve its specific skills. And then we also need to put things together in the full package. Now, here's what's interesting, I think, about the, this most recent Shooter array Challenge video is work on developing our index uh, relative to target in a static environment. And then I challenge you guys to then position, you know, to shift your body and shift your hips to be oriented in different directions or angles. Okay, now what happens when we are more or less aligned with our natural point of aim, our eyes are looking at the target, we grip consistently and draw consistently, and we're programming to the brain. Okay, eyes, target, gun, okay, and we start getting to a place where that starts happening uh, more fluidly and more, more consistently and more efficiently, then and I don't know how to explain it because I don't have all the words and I'm not some fancy scientist dude, but I know that, you know, when I then change the angles a little bit and rotate my hips, 15, 20, 30 degrees to the right. And I turn my head and I look at my target and now, you know, my shoulder is more pointing towards it. And now I got to increase my, mu- you know, muscular and structural tension to get my arms and the gun over to that target. But we want to work on that as well. And so, but it becomes easier because we developed in the static condition how to do that, right? Eyes, target, gun, and it goes there. And now we change up one of the variables and we practice essentially the same thing. Eyes, target, gun, and we make little adjustments along the way. And we all that's part of the process of programming the brain and how, uh, on how to develop essentially the coordination you know eye hand coordination it's really all it is and here's the other thing why is uh why why is this you know relevant well it's relevant because half of your aiming involves with like like you you got like the, think about how the aiming process works re- relevant to running a gun i have to get the gun somewhere on like i got to get it to that area right And then visually, I can confirm if it's good enough or not. The aiming happens physically, right? So my hands, my arms, my body gets the gun to the target. not, Not much different than I look at a point on a wall and I extend out my arm and my finger and I point at it and if i need to refine that you know to be a little bit more specific then i make a little refinement but that's that refinement is going to occur more visually same here my my body's going to get the gun to the target and then depending on the level of refinement in my sight picture necessary that's going to become more or less a visual process of confirmation it's either there or it's not Okay, and if it's not, well, then what's the correction I need to apply? And I keep applying corrections <clears throat> until I get the visual confirmation that I'm on the target that I need. And so, as I develop this hand eye coordination of looking at my target and then getting my hands basically there that just happen to have a gun in them, <clears throat> the more I can refine that, the less corrections that are needed. When I when I need to make the corrections, when I need to refine that aiming, you know, to a, a greater degree, and if I extend the gun and it goes right to target, and the sights and everything are already aligned, like think how much easier it becomes. There's far less work to do, and there's far less aiming confirmation I got to do. So that's where like this all starts coming into play, and why if you'll just follow the video that that. You know, we put up on ShooteryChallenge dot um, as I go through this and work on these exercises yourselves. It will help you refine that that index, and it'll help you refine this hand eye coordination that needs to exist, so that you get on target more efficiently, and the gun's more or less aligned and aimed already. And then the, it makes the visual side of it so much easier because applying whatever corrections necessary become, they be, those corrections become smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. what does that mean? That means you get faster.
1: More consistent. Yeah.
0: yeah. My goal though is every time like aiming for me is where's my next target? Get my eyes on that target. And then the goal is to get the gun to that same point with everything aligned, meaning mm. that in the case of, well, I'm using a red dot more or less these days, you know, I when a gun gets there, like I just see a dot up here, right? No corrections really necessary. Just, I look, the gun comes there and then I see a dot. Okay. Mm-hmm. If I'm using irons, the only thing there is I've got one extra plane that I have to align with things, a rear sight and a front sight and a target. But it's, the goal is the same. I want to look at that target, bring the gun over, and I want that front and rear sight relationship to already be aligned and be right there on target. Like that's mm-hmm. the goal is wherever the eyes are, the gun ends up and the sights end up and it, it's already there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so working on this drill that I do in this month's drill challenge, I in, at least in my experience, it's worked really well for me. So I start with the natural point of aim orientation and then i just start expanding that and usually how this works for me and i have multiple targets set up on a wall like at a minimum would be five and sometimes it'd be as many as seven uh and well let me let me back up a little bit matthew so i didn't do it in the video because with the laser app i mean in trying to film this for you all like it's way simpler just to work on the one target that's where i changed my body orientation relevant to it but uh, when I work on this concept without necessarily using the software, I'll have, say, five or seven targets set up, and I will orient my natural point aim on the middle target. Okay, so I'm always working with an odd number because there's a middle one, and then there's a left one and a, le- and a right one, and then a left and a right one, and so on and so forth. And I will do a bunch of repetitions where I'm just focusing on that middle target. Okay, draw, go to target, draw, go to target, draw, go to target. And I'm checking and verifying my natural point of aim. And that my index and everything is aligned properly. One of the pieces we haven't discussed yet is that part of that process is to, to check myself. Is uh, close my eyes, mm-hmm. present out, and then open my eyes. And so we're going to explore that here next. Um, but I realized I had you know we'd failed to mention it. But that's essentially how the process is working. And so I'm purely checking my physical coordination and then I'm opening my eyes and now I'm checking that I'm getting that visual confirmation. How good did I do? And then I just start picking, you know, I start working my way out and then I start picking random targets like, okay, I'm going to do this far left one. And I'm not changing my feet, foot position or my hips position necessarily. I'm just, I'm on the middle one and then I'm on the left one and then I'm on the right one and you know, so on and so forth. And I'm just going back and forth and all around. And then as you do that and typically I like to have all these targets on the same horizontal like plane, then I like to mix it up and like either I either I already have extra targets added or I'll move them around and I like moving them, you know, higher and lower and more right or more left or, you know, I just start moving things around so that it's, so it becomes more random. And then you're just, again, checking yourself. You're, it, it's all about, I'm looking at a specific point. I'm closing my eyes. I'm drawing to that point and then checking how good I did with respect to the, the alignment of the gun on that point where I'm looking. Um, the more you do this though, the more refined that will become and the faster you're going to get it aiming a gun, essentially getting a gun on target.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and and I'm glad you you brought that up. If you hadn't, I was gonna I was gonna mention that that's a, is an important thing because and you can do that just you know wherever you're sitting. If you have like a cert pistol or if you have a barrel block in your in your gun or you know whatever, like um, you know just get draw your firearm present it out with your eyes closed and and see if you know on that target and see where you are and make those minor adjustments in your body positioning to see um how you can change a natural point of aim right mm-hmm. like by by uh repositioning your feet a little bit um you can change your natural point of aim greatly and so um the the the, the idea is is that if you, if you have your eyes closed, you present that gun and you're on target, you do it again and you're way off to the right, you do it again, you're way off to the left, then you're not consistent in, in changing your feet position. It, it may, may just be complicating it, right? Like, so what, what you, what you need to do is, is be, you may be, draw, you know, the, the, the reason for that may be, um, the, the way you the, the gun is, is, You're gripping the gun. It might be an inconsistent grip. It might be an inconsistent presentation. But eventually, Mm -hmm. once you you realize what those limitations are, what what what's causing those changes. Those variables and you, you smooth those out and you have a consistent presentation. That's the, the, the guns coming up to your, your, your line of sight. It's gripped consistently. Then when you close your eyes, you may be off to the right when you open them, but you'll be consistently off to the right. And so you'll, you'll understand. Okay. Now that's where my natural point of aim is. So it's, it's sometimes hard to talk to, to you know, get a natural, find somebody's natural point of aim when their, their presentation is very inconsistent. Um, and so I think that's why it's, you know, I, I like that you progress through that because first you got to get a consistent presentation, consistent grip, and then we can start working on fine tuning that um, so so it makes more sense, I guess.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the whole like closing your eyes piece, I mean, that that becomes a bit of a focus if you watch again uh, how I work through this in the video. But that that's all about like keeping yourself honest. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, it, it's a test, it's a check, you know, how well am I doing? And so then when I open my eyes, you know, if I'm off, you know, for instance, if let's diagnose this a little bit, right? So let's, let's say that uh, I choose a point on the wall or a target. I look at it, I focus on that. And the key here is, is look at it intently, close your eyes while doing everything you can to maintain your eyes Position in that same at that same point. So all we're doing is just closing the eyelids, right? So I'm still. It's as if I'm still looking at the same point, but my eyes are my my eyelids are closed. That's it. And then I draw the gun. If I get out there, and this is more evident with say irons, uh, but although I'll explain what that would look like with with a red dot. But if I get out there and I see that my front sight relative to the rear sight is way off, or it's off someplace. Well, what does that tell me? It tells me that something to do with my grip is not consistent. That's what it tells me. So, you know, and by that I mean like relative from front sight to rear sight to eye, if that front sight is a little bit off to the left or right or up or down or whatever it is, well, then that means that something with my grip was not achieved or done consistently with how it normally would be. And so that tells me, okay, what, what, what can I work on a little bit more right now? I can work on gripping the gun, for, you know, on the draw more consistently. I can go back. I, I can mini drill it, right? Or micro drill it. I can go back and 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 just stop when my hand makes first contact with the gun and evaluate that. I can stop when my hand, my fingers wrap around the grip of the gun and evaluate that. I can stop at various points along the way and just to use it as a check and and work on that level of specificity you know of like how good is my grip on the gun so that it's consistent because when i open my eyes i want to see front sight pretty dang close to the rear sight if not directly centered in it now with the red dot what i might see is that one time my dot may be centered in the glass of the optic another time it might be over to the side you know towards the edge of the optic or another time, I might get the gun out there, open my eyes, and realize the dot's not even in the window at all. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a similar diagnosis, meaning that, well, something with my grip was not consistent. Realize that a lot of times we, we spend time focused, because it probably is the most important piece at first, but a lot of times we f- spend time being focused on that master grip of the firing hand on the gun. But realize that the support hand is doing the bulk of the gripping work as far as managing recoil and the tension that i put onto the gun especially with like my pinky you know pressure on of the support hand that's going to influence in particular the up down orientation of the gun of the sights relative to your eye but anyway so if you present out with a dot and you open your eyes and you're like oh my dot's not even the window well i need to figure out now is it high is it low is it left is it right if it's left or right, it's probably that physical index contact point of the firing hand on the gun. If it's up or down, it, it there's a high probability it's something to do with my support hand and the tension or lack of tension or grip strength or lack of grip strength that I'm applying to the gun. Okay, The most common thing I see, Matthew, especially with red dot shooters, is that the dot will, if it's left or right again, it's, that's a that's a far, uh, primary hand thing but if it's high that's the common one i see a lot of times uh, when they get consistent with the firing hand grip on the gun we fix that piece but a lot of times it'll still be high and like all we gotta do is increase more grip strength especially pinky pressure of the support hand on the gun and that'll bring that dot back down where it needs to be mm-hmm. but that's essentially one you know one piece that we could diagnose is We close our eyes while we're fixated on a point, we draw to that point, we open, we evaluate how consistently our sights are aligning with the eye. That's the first piece. And then the second piece is, well, how close to that intended point of aim am I? Okay, because I might get out there and yes, my sights are all aligned with my eye, but I'm left of the target or I'm right of the target or high or low or whatever, right? And so then that's the other piece. Now, left or right mean, might mean a little bit of an adjustment with my, you know, my hips or my foot positioning or, or you know, a lot of times, especially when we start going to our left and to our right and we start increasing and increasing more and more tension in, in throughout the body, uh, it just becomes a, a matter of just doing this again and again and again and practicing it and getting those reps and programming the brain so that I know, hey, when I look to this direction it requires precisely this amount of, t- of muscular engagement and turning and orientate orient- in orienting and all that like it just becomes those are just reps of programming the brain to recognize the relationship of where I'm looking and what it takes to get my gun precisely over to that point yeah so if you want to take us to the next level by the way by the way, if you want to take this next level, Mm -hmm. what you do is you add multiple, like a lot of times I do this in the context of, of this episode today, we're talking about like, I look somewhere and then I draw and I get the gun from the holster to that point, take it to the next level by, or you can take the next level by maybe starting on target, but doing a transition over to another target. And you do that transition First with your eyes, then close them and bring the gun over and do stuff like that. Or even do multiple, like where I'm going to look at, I'm going to say, do three targets, right? And I'm going to start on target one, close eyes, draw to that target, open my eyes and check. Okay. Next target, transition over to it. Open my eyes and check. Next target, open my eyes and check, you know, and just kind of, you're working your way through this. So, um, anyway, all of that, though, is going to help you refine your ability to get the gun to where you're looking and get it there in an aligned fashion.
1: Yeah, all about consistency and and um, and, and efficiency, right? Th- those those two things. If we can do that, uh, you'll you, you'll you'll free up your mind to be able to focus on the things that you can't really control, right? Like the, mm-hmm. the, the given scenario or the given uh, problem that you're trying to solve with the firearm, right? Whether it's multiple targets, distance, uh, movement, whatever it might be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what, what other things do we need to hit on? If anything, uh, relative to this uh, target or topic.
1: <laughs> yeah, target. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I just say you know. Obviously, we're talking about um, being consistent and efficient and shaving time off and in these types of things. And um, lest anybody just say, "Well, that's that's good for competitive shooting," but I, you know, I don't see how it's going to play out in the real world because I can't, you know, close my eyes and get a natural point of aim and worry about that stuff. Um, I hope that what we were talking about earlier didn't, didn't go, you know, over your head um, as far as we're not talking about um, solely for shaving time. We're, we're talking about being, being able to um, refine your, your aiming process to make it quicker. And so it requires less, uh, less correction and, and, and less input as far as, Overcorrecting with this hand or undercorrecting. We're trying to be consistent because whether you're shooting from a kneeling position or in your vehicle or sitting down or or twisted to the right or left, um, we don't want to make it even worse by just saying, "Well, it doesn't really matter how you present the gun or where your you know your alignment is uh, in relationship to how you you grip that gun," because you know we we never really know what's going to happen. That's just adding more variables and making it more difficult to solve the problem that, that you may be faced with, you know, to save your life. So, um, it it is applicable to self-defense as well as, uh, you know, just trying to, you know, shoot uh, the, the, the quickest drill, whatever you might be shooting, uh, on the range. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Appreciate your, your, uh, input. So guys, uh, Brings us to the end of another episode. Uh, hope this is helpful for you. I know that some people might not quite understand or or be quite ready for what we're discussing here today, um, but don't try to overcomplicate it. Just think in terms of I got to get a consistent grip on the gun, and then I need to just get the gun to where my eyes are looking. Anything you can do to achieve that, it's going to help you in the long run. So, uh, aiming is. Well, it's a physical and a visual process. Uh, once your physical, once the physical side of that becomes pretty much a given, because you've done enough reps, then aiming almost purely becomes a visual process, and that's much that's much more where where I'd rather be as a shooter, because then it 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 becomes more of a is my eye on the target where it needs to be and to what level of specificity am I focusing on that target like that that's that's essentially my my diagnostic process now if I miss shots it's either because my eyes weren't on the target where they needed to be and that can look like that can look a couple that can be a different a few different ways. I mean, for instance, like maybe I'm shooting in a, in a match and I got to put two rounds on every target. But let's say my eyes leave the target a little bit early before I finish that second shot. This sometimes happens. What do you think is going to happen? Probably not going to hit where where I want to. <laughs> you know, that's just the way it goes. So that, that But that's a pretty easy thing to diagnose, diagnose. It's like, well, my eyes didn't stay where they needed to stay all the way until the second shot was fired. Or maybe I start sending the shot before my eyes get to where they need to be. Or maybe I'm treating a target more like this big brown thing or this big paper object. And I'm just sort of looking at it generally as opposed to like really focusing on a specific part of that target. There's a difference to that. And it makes a difference in your shooting. And so it's a it's a pretty cool thing when, when you can get to a place where you're Diagnostic process is more focused on the visual side than it is something physical, but it starts in the physical, right? Because we all got we have to learn how to get there some way, and we have to learn to get the gun on target and get it aligned, meaning that sight to eye alignment consistently. Once we can do that, then we we can start crossing more into that visual realm, and that is that's a powerful place to be as a shooter yeah Yeah. is you put all almost all your emphasis into the visual side of things which in the tactical it's like some many people I've engaged with people and had conversations like yeah but what about you know in the real world and I'd say well the real in the real world I want to like everything becomes very very important visually because I need to be constantly seeing and evaluating what the situation is dictating and I you know, I need to be obviously looking at my threat or my target or whatever that is. And I need to be taking in information and interpreting it correctly. Like everything becomes so important visually in the real world.
1: Yeah. And if I
0: got problems with the mechanics or the fundamentals of gripping or pointing the gun, then there's got to be some, you know, Mental or cognitive uh, 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 processing power that's taken up by that. So, just something yeah. to think about. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, before we let you go today, uh, we need to announce some weekly podcast prize winners, or a winner, I should say. Uh, and then, of course, we announce what next week's giveaway is. This week, by the way, we're giving away a 2A Defenders t shirt. Uh, It's just one of our custom t-shirts at the concealedcarry.com store. Uh, And uh, so that's pretty cool. We got a, got a lucky winner for that and he'll just need to get back in touch with us. Uh, He's been emailed and contacted already. I'm sure. And let us know what size he wants or color or whatever. Cause I think it's available in a few different colors. Next week, we're going to give away a vehicle firearm tactics uh, course, free access to it. So essentially the, the free download of, you know, it's like a $60 course, so, one of you will be the lucky winner of Vehicle Fire Tactics. How do you sign up for the giveaway each week? Make sure you go to concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize. Again, concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize. Sign up each week, and you'll be automatically entered for these for, for a chance to win these free prizes. So, what? Do, who is our winner of the 2A Defenders t-shirt this week, Matthew?
1: If you're listening, it's Richard with the last name starts with G Richard. I did already contact him. Um, but if you're listening, congratulations, Richard. Awesome. Good job, buddy. We'll uh, make sure we
0: get you that t-shirt. And again, a reminder of our Sponsors today. That's LaserApp.com and BarrelBlock.com. BarrelBlock with a K.com. We appreciate our sponsors and appreciate all of you, our listeners and followers of this podcast, for your support of us in doing this, and also your support of our sponsors, which makes what we do possible, allows us to keep bringing to you this podcast. Until next time, a reminder to train right, train often, and train safe, so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care.